Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience podcast with Jeanette Blissett. Thought leaders explore the mindset, wellness, and wealth needed to realize next level transformation. Let's get started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett. Today's guest is a national best-selling author, Jason Midlock. He is a quantum healing hypnotist, a mindset performance coach, and a remote reviewer, among other roles. Jason provides a unique exploration of various spiritual modalities. He has a profound understanding of human potential and a passion for empowering others. He has dedicated his career to helping business owners, athletes, and everyday working people become exceptional leaders capable of achieving their goals goals, and unwavering confidence. Jason, welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to to this time with you because I know that you're going to pour into this glass all the knowledge that you have, and I'm going to keep it. (laughs) That glass reminds me of that water alchemy technique. About that. The water alchemy technique is in the book I wrote, Empowered by Consciousness. It's in the manifestation chapter. Water alchemy goes on the principle that water carries memory. And they've scientifically proven that water carries memory. But we also know that our cells and our bodies have the capability of memory. And they carry out functions every day in our body. There's a lot of different versions of water alchemy technique. But the concept is that when you speak, which this is energy, this is light energy moving at light speeds into the water. When you manifest into the water and you drink the water, it merges in with your cells and your body is more apt to move in the direction of the manifestation that you're looking for. Obviously, it's more detailed than that, but that's the basis of the water alchemy technique when you're using it to manifest. One of my favorite ones out of all the techniques that I use. I do recall reading that in your book and there's so much to it. I have Jason's book here. I got all the different tabs, everything highlighted in the book that I was really fascinated by and curious about. You talked about your curiosity as a young person and how as a nine-year-old, what your take was of the experiences around you as it related to spirituality. You want to share a little bit of that? Yeah, I'm a Methodist still. But at nine years old, you're at church and you're playing with toys. You're sitting in the church pews, moving, your mama maybe slapping you on your leg. Boy, be still. And it's just... (laughs) You know, you're there, you're standing up, you're sitting down, the money transpassing, then you stand up and you sing, and you sit down, and then he preaches. And I was just wondering, what else is it as a nine-year-old? What didn't I get? I'm reading the Bible, I'm in Sunday school, they're talking about God, and I'm a believer. It was hard for me to connect, to actually feel what the older people were feeling. And later in life, when I would hear people shout, and hear people scream and, oh, oh God, I hear you, Lord. I can actually relate to channeling. Hmm. I can relate messages that we get when our body is at a different frequency, at a different level, a different vibration. We'll talk about that a little later. When you're at a different frequency and you're vibrating at a high level, you can communicate with otherworldly beings because they are on different frequencies and that's how you communicate with them. So when I think about people getting holy and shouting in church. Now that I'm researching the subconscious mind in such detail, I can understand how people can get happy in church. You know, that moment when you can actually hear him speak to you. And it is very true. As a nine-year-old, I was asking my parents, where is God? Who is God? Where is he? (laughs) And he's in your heart. He's all around you. Okay. At nine, you really say, okay, I'm just going to go with it. And that's what I did. The experience was broad until my sister became more pointed with me. And when I was in college, she introduced me to the affirmation of faith. And I was to say these affirmations every day. 
that would help me be better in academia and be better as a person. And I was seeing them every day. And I was student scholarship athlete of the week on several weeks. I set a school record. I was doing these wonderful things. And I called her. I said, hey, this stuff you gave me, it works. This stuff works. <laughs> you were so aware at such a young age. I remember when I was in college, I was achieving academic goals and things of that nature because I'm wired that way. But in terms of affirmations and actually being so, as you put it on your YouTube channel, awake or enlightened, I can't say that I was at that point. But to have that power at that age is very significant. It's a very significant. You, you know, when you or playing with video games and you're playing with toys and you're imagining and you dream because I have a whole other topic for dreams, the research I've done with dreams. I would always envision myself in some type of situation where it was off planet and I was in some type of war. So I always thought at a different level of where are we? My sister Jocelyn, I speak about her in the very first beginning of my book. I would worry her to death. How many planets are there? Tell me about the universe. I was young. I was still 9, 10, 11 years old. And she would take the time and sit with me. That's when we had encyclopedias. There was no internet. And she would talk to me and show me the sun, the earth, Venus, and tell me, yeah, this is the moon is tidal locked around the earth. I'm just telling you, it just fascinated me to no end. That reminds me of this time when I was in elementary school and the assignment was to draw a picture of the solar system. I drew a picture of the solar system and I made the sky black. And then, of course, I had the stars and the planets and all this. I was very particular about that. And then one of the students in the class said, that's ugly. This sky is not black, it's blue. I simply wanted to let him know that this was my creation. Another time where we did a special project and it was with paper mache. And this is just to illustrate just my mindset at that age. I decided to actually build an elephant head with the ears and with the trunk and everything. And they had the wire and then you put the newspaper over with the paste and it was magnificent. I decided to paint the elephant green with pink ears. I was the laughing stock of the class because I chose to do something different. And that was the beginning of my awareness, if there was awareness, that my imagination was on a different level, let's just say. But there's a danger in a sort of dampening of the creativity that I had because of the ridicule or the criticism from others. So I'm just going to let that stay right there. I can relate to that because men are the biggest example of not being able to be in touch with themselves because of the constant, you need to be tough. You're the man of this house. We have to stay strong we lose contact of our actual emotions and our feelings. And the first step in being able to connect, being able to be intuitive at a high level is to recognize your feelings. And that's why women are more connected with source, God, Buddha, whatever denomination is listening to your podcast. I don't offend anybody, but whatever that higher source is, that's why women, the feminine energy, it's the energy that should actually run this world. Uh, it's more connected because you are more in touch with your feelings. So that's my take on that one. Understood and appreciated. I'm, I'm going to read this excerpt. 
you say, I wrote this book for those who want to learn how to awaken their inner powers and use them for good of themselves and others while incarnated here on earth. We have so many different spiritual gifts and expanding consciousness can help you and others discover our inner power. How I re related to that was that the next chapter experience is about mindset, wellness, and wealth. And mindset is huge. It's everything. So I immediately connected with this book from the very beginning of it. <laughs> Let me add this piece too. We are all on a unique journey. And I love that. Incarnation is just widely misunderstood on why we're here. I've done a ton of research on this topic through Dolores Cannon, through a number of the uh, past life regressionists that do this type of work with patients in the hypnosis setting, through psychic medium. We're here to learn. We incarnate to learn. We incarnate to experience. We, who you mean we, Jason? God, source. Source wants the experience of the physical, the emotions, the good and the bad that come with that. Love. Anything that you experience in this human avatar is experienced by God. We are incarnated and we plan these incarnations while we're in the spiritual realm. Where'd you find that out at? That's just doing research with the group I just spoke about, and particularly Dolores Cannon, who has done 50 years worth of research with patients, unraveling the mysteries of the subconscious mind and the information that you can pull from it. It was found out, and not just by Dolores, but that we are living in another realm, in another dimension as energy. The body, the avatar, is simply a biological genius created by the spiritual realm, by God, mm -hmm. to enable the spirit to experience this physical, because we are non-physical beings. So I want to dive into that part of it. And the experience is for whoever can see. And I have a saying, those who can see, those who can hear, will hear. If you're curious to understand why am I here, what are the powers I possess? Because we are very, we are powerful beings. Our mind is one of the most beautiful things that's ever been created. But our spirit is even more beautiful and even more vast. So this energy that inhabits this avatar is brilliant and unique. I've spoken to it one-on-one -on -one with a client, asking questions of it. I've done this, and it's a brilliant intelligence that comes out of a patient's mouth. But just that experience and understanding that, you know what, I can actually change depression into something that's great. I can actually get over anxiety using my mind. I can get rid of ha bad habits. I can lose weight using my mind. I can use quantum healing hypnosis, moving myself to the deepest state of conscious, of brainwave states, from the theta to the uh, uh um, sombulistic, right under theta, and I can literally have a conversation with the subconscious mind and heal cancer and heal a college in your knee or replace it totally, then how can you do that, Jason? The human body heals itself anyway. We know this through scientific proof. If you get a cut on your hand, Neosporin doesn't heal your cut. Your body heals it. Neosporin aids it. It gives instructions to your cells. Hey, there's a problem right here in this area. It needs to be healed. What if, and it's not really a what if because it's been proven, by going deep, 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 into different levels of brainwave state and then actually having a conversation with the subconscious mind, source, God, spirit, whatever they want to call it, and directing it to heal a certain part of their body. Mind-blowing. It's amazing. It seems almost frightening to a certain extent. But when you think about it, it's not because the human body heals itself 
anyway. But Dolores figured out a way to direct the healing. People would come to her, I'm dealing with pancreatic cancer. I'm dealing with an eye injury. I'm dealing with heart problem. I don't know what's going on. She would put you in a deep state. And then she would bring the higher self out, which is coming out of the person's mouth. We record all of our interviews. We'll get into the quantum healing hypnosis, I know, a little later. But she would say, can you help us identify the problem with Mary's heart? And then the voice would come from the person. It's recorded. Oh, my God. She has major failure. We'll take a look at it. Can you heal her? Yes, we can heal her. How will you heal her? With light. Because the spirit doesn't understand time. It doesn't understand anything worldly that we're dealing with. It only knows how to prepare the avatar that's currently in front of them. So there are countless thousands of people who have been healed with quantum healing hypnosis, but we're talking about the powers that we possess. And you wrote that quote, and that's one of them. We can heal ourselves if we're in the right brainwave state. If we are in the right brainwave state. Absolutely. That's very interesting. So when we have you in this state and we're asking questions, and when we bring you off of the cloud, we ask, where are you? This particular young lady said to Dolores, I'm in the light. What light? She said, it's just comfortable. It's the light of love. And this is the patient talking. Dolores says, do you have any hands? Do you have any feet? No. Do you have a body? No. So it's an indication we know that the person's in the spiritual realm. They've passed away. But Dolores wanted to know what happened. So she moved her back in time, back in space, to another time, to another place, to the day of the death. So she went through the death experience and then transitioned. So Dolores says, so you died because of heart failure. And the ladies, that body was old, the spirit. It was old and it was cramped up and I was ready to go. And she says, <laughs> and it was amazing to read this. And she says, so are you happy that you left? If I had a new body, it would be fine. But that one was old and it was, it was failing. And I was just so cramped in there. I need to get out. Now, this is the spirit speaking in a hypnosis session and the words are coming from the client. So imagine these spirits when they're in these avatars and we grow old and we become ill, sick, or whatever happens, they look at these bodies as vehicles that they can inhabit to experience the physical and learn. And I know this is a lot. To, to, it is to, a to lot. <laughs> but the research is out there. This is not something that I'm making up or people that are making up that are past life regressionists that use these techniques to help people deal with depression, to help people clear anxiety, to help people with all these different things that stop them from being their best at what they can be in life while they're on earth. These are the techniques we use to go back to figure out where the issue is. Where's the problem? When did it start when you were abusing your wife? It was in a different lifetime. Your dad was beating you because you spoke about it because we have it on tape. And it was when you were living in Kansas on a farm and you weren't black. You were a white kid at that point. You were a teenager. You grew up because we asked the question during the session. That's how we can figure out which past life where the trauma started and why did it carry forward to this lifetime? But just to go back, the spirits look at these avatars, they're just vehicles. And when the avatar no longer functions, their mission is complete. They're ready to go home. We experience death much differently than the spirits do. This is a vehicle and they go home and they rest and they go into training again for their next assignment. So I know we're going off the rails here, but it's interesting when we have family members that are 90 and 100 and 
110 and then they pass away. Those spirits were, they were actually ready to go. I think about what's going on in the world. I wonder what's beneath it all. So as I observe and I said, you know what? I can only be in control of what's here with myself. Let's deal with this body first, which is the reason why I wanted to talk to you and have you on the show, because I believe that there are other people who are at a point in their life where they are interested in their potential and the potential of being who and what they want to be. Now, they are who they are. They do what they do, but they have a feeling that there is something else they're called to do, but they don't know how to get at that calling, if you will, or to take the risk or the leap, the quantum leap to put them on the path that they really find joy in. And that's one of the reasons why I want to talk to you about human potential and how to tap that. It starts with love. You cannot practice any of these modalities. They won't work for you if the core of everything doesn't come from love, doesn't come from the love of how you can use the modality, who will it help, who will it affect. Can it increase your abundance? Yes. I don't really talk about money. I talk about abundance. So all of this starts with love. Then what is love? I love my wife, Jason. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the pureness of your heart that you can see a bird and just marvel at how beautiful it is and the beauty of the animals and the trees and everything around you, this sense of love for it. Can you be at odds with a person and still have a sense of love for them? Absolutely. But you have to build this core, just unequivocal, unconditional love for yourself, thoughts with you, and for everything around you. Then the second thing I would recommend for someone who wants to reach their full human potential is to envision yourself every day, anytime you can think about it, until you get good at it. As pure white light, pure light, envision yourself with this light in your heart that emanates throughout your entire body, that then emanates throughout the entire room of where you are. The entire room is this pure light of love, emanates outside of the house, throughout the neighborhood, throughout the city, throughout the country, and throughout the world. Now we're visualizing these things, this sense of love and a sense of this bright white light, okay? Now, recognizing your full human potential, it starts with that. But then why do you do those two? You do those two so that you can increase your intuitive ability so that you can now hear. You just mentioned, mentioned a minute ago, you just said that, hey, there are people out there that are doing things, but they know that they're called to do something else because they can't hear it clearly. And when you start over from the basics, and you build yourself that way, your intuitiveness increases. You can hear God easier. You can hear source, the higher self. You can hear easier. Now, I'm going to take a detour. So hearing is important. It's very important. Because when you move into the modality, like remote viewing is based on the subconscious mind. So we use the subconscious mind. But you have to be able to hear and know the difference between the conscious mind, which is you and I talking, and then your buddy, your friend who's at the church, it, consciously, we're just talking. The subconscious mind is the things that are said subconsciously. You maybe have an argument with your husband and you tell yourself, it's not even worth that. But you don't listen and you do it anyway. That's the subconscious mind. So the difference in the hearing between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind is critical when you are trying to tap or maximize your human potential. I was going to mm -hmm. ask you about hearing. Is it a um, intuitive yeah. message that you're hearing 
that is an automatic thing that happens or a response to something that is not processed. The conscious mind will answer for you if you don't listen to your quote unquote first mind. I should have listened to my first mind. That's the subconscious mind. And not, I shouldn't have listened to my first mind and not even got into it with her. That's a subconscious mind. The conscious mind went ahead and got into it with her. So it's a distinct difference when you mention people reaching human potential, getting the highest level of potential, but they just can't hear it. Yeah, the conscious mind has taken over that person. But how do you reduce the subconscious mind from being here and the conscious mind being here and bring them parallel? That comes from practice, meditation. Okay, meditation is very key. Being able to take the body and the mind and experience peace and experience this level of transcendence. And I'm a transcendental meditator as well, TM. 20 minutes a day, twice a day. But once you can get the body at a calm, at a peaceful level, and you practice this for weeks, maybe even months, your connection with source is that much better. Your ability to hear is that much better. There's no voila, there's all practice. Anything that you do is going to be practice. So meditation plays a key role. Even after you fill your heart with love, even after you filled your body with light so that you can become more intuitive, meditation plays a key role in stillness, being still. Our parents tell us that all the time. You want to hear God? Be still somewhere. Sit down somewhere and get to know yourself. So you're meditating, it's just a peace. And then all of a sudden when you ask questions, you may not hear it in your head. Yes, this is the answer. But the subconscious mind gives you the answer because you practice being peaceful and being still and quiet doing your meditation sessions. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lissette at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning.